The 49ers initial roster, as Kyle Shanahan points out, this is not the final roster, has been set. So what are the strengths and weaknesses? A little deeper dive into the roster and how it stacks up versus the NFC West and maybe those teams the 49ers will be vying for for playoff spots in 2023. Coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Appreciate all of the everydayers out there. Make sure you are one. Just subscribe on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Make sure you hit the notification bell so you know when we do live podcasts like this one. Hit the thumbs up. We appreciate you. And uh, we appreciate all the uh, everydayers listening in your vehicles, maybe in the mornings that don't join us ever on the live YouTube pods. Fonzie G in the house. Love it, Fonzie. Uh, today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Crocs, give the 49ers roster a little bit. And uh, maybe stack this up against the NFC West, against teams like the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles, maybe the Green Bay Packers, right? Some some teams that, that the 49ers might be battling with for the one seed in the NFC. And uh, maybe some other dark horse teams. Who knows? We'll see how you like the, the, the rest of the NFC crock. But we definitely got to check out these final rosters or the initial final, the first finals for uh, the 49ers and some of the other teams in the West. So. Uh, let's go through the 49ers roster first because we didn't really dive deep into it yesterday because we were still talking about Kyle Shanahan and the quarterbacks and Trey Lance stuff. And uh, now it's time to get a little bit more focused on the season and into game week. And hopefully guys like uh, Nick Bosa show up and hopefully some of the injury, uh, the injured players right now that are banged up for the 49ers uh, jump into action like Talano Hufanga and George Kittle. And so those are, you know, those are some pretty important names that I'm naming right now that potentially might not be available for week one, but um, beyond that, Croc, let's start with the quarterbacks, Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold, and Brandon Allen. And again, this isn't a quarterback pod- podcast. We're not going to talk a lot about, about it. Um, Sam Darnold's a good backup. Like, whatever you thought about the Trey Lance debacle and everything, I think this is a former starter veteran. I think he's a good backup there. And, man, I feel good about Brock Purdy. And I, if he's anything near what we saw at the end of last year, the 49ers are going to be in really good shape there even when you stack up against some big names in the NFC West, like Matthew Stafford and Kyler Murray, who's injured to start the year and Geno Smith. Uh, fun fact that I found out today on, on social media, Jimmy Garoppolo, Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold all have the same middle name. All three of their middle names is Richard. Richard. How, wow. how random is that? And I didn't believe it when I first heard it. So I actually like Googled it. And sure enough, on their Wikipedia, all middle names, Richard, has nothing to do with how they play. But I just thought that was something that was just like very like, what are the odds? But as far as being a backup quarterback, uh, I think Sam Darnold is kind of that ideal guy that has some ability. You know, does he have enough ability to where he can string together a game or two if need be? I think so. Obviously, knowing a little bit more what you're getting from Brock Purdy as a quarterback, I think we're feeling more and more comfortable with that, uh, what this offense is going to look like. I think he still works the short areas better than uh, kind of those deep or far hash type throws outside the numbers. But as we've seen with Jimmy Garoppolo, you don't have to be that guy. Just do your what people would call dink and dunking. All right. But do those throws, 
continue to move the sticks, make a play here and there with your legs. And when we get into the 49ers weaponry that they actually have, uh, I think you'll be more than comfortable with where this team is and how they stack up against some of the other big dogs in the conference. I think nationally, some people don't believe as much in Brock Purdy, probably because they haven't seen a lot of them. And, and we haven't seen a lot of Brock Purdy, truthfully, Croc. Where do you think you are confident that he is? Because I'm confident already. I've seen enough from Brock Purdy. He's in that Kirk Cousins tier, right? The, that Jimmy G, Derek Carr tier. I'd be shocked if he's if all of a sudden he's a worse quarterback than that because I've seen too much good from him already. My question is, can he elevate to the next tier because where he's at physically? And the Fortnite's going to win a ton of games, obviously, if they have a quarterback in that tier, as they've already shown. It, it feels like where he's at might just be what he is, at least from uh, an ability standpoint now. Uh, where can he com- improve? Just continue to see the field well or better. Uh, and he already obviously already sees the field very well, but being able to just continue to execute some of these throws at a high level uh, that are there and just know to kind of go there. I was watching JTL Sullivan's breakdown and Debo Samuel had this deep comeback and Brock Purdy kind of threw the ball, airmailed it a little bit out of bounds. Well, if he would have kind of let it rip over the middle, he had a big catch and run opportunity for George Kittle. So just being more consistent with not missing those things and everybody's going to miss reads there and there, but you know, the more he's consistent with just hitting those type of throws, those type of passes, and seeing it and not by, bypassing it or coming off of it too quick, I think that's when we're going to see him actually be able to take his game to another level uh, than he even did last year. So I think there will be growth, maybe not so much in where we would probably like him to really threaten teams, but being more efficient in like that area where he does win, I think that's the thing that's more important. There's some reception perception charting on Brock Purdy that I want to get into later next week as we start previewing this football game. And I've got a lot of great stats and uh, some good stuff from my guy, Matt Williamson, who covers the Steelers, too, about this matchup and Steelers and 49ers. So looking forward to breaking down the matchup against the Steelers much further. I like the 49ers group against anybody at quarterback even. I mean, I know Brock Purdy's the last pick in the draft, and I know it's been a small sample, but I like the 49ers even at quarterback versus anybody in the West with what they're rolling into this season, especially considering the injury and, uh, and what, what, um, what Matthew Stafford's working with in LA. I think with Matthew Stafford, especially because there might be some injury concerns. We talked about some of the comments from his wife and she probably like, man, like this guy needs to just kind of retire. He's probably banged up at home, but we'll get to the Seattle Seahawks. They, I don't want to use the word scare me, but I am on high alert with what they can potentially be this year. And Geno Smith obviously had the best year by far any season he's ever had in his career, but it was high level. Like, I feel like if you plug him into the 49ers and he does that same thing, what kind of quarterback are we talking about? Like how, how is Geno Smith viewed then? Cause that would have been probably the best season of any quarterback in 49ers history with the way that he was able to play. Yeah, he was the best quarterback in the division last year. Yeah. Right. And, and it wasn't really close. It's ta- talking about, you know, a full season's worth of, of play. Uh, he's got some playmakers too. So let's look at that for the 49ers, 49ers wide receivers. We know Debo Samuel, Brandon, Ayuk, Juwan Jennings, the rookie Ronnie bell made the team. Danny gray has been put on that IR to return as I suspected. And Ray Ray McLeod injured, but not put on the IR to return, which makes me think the 49ers think he will be back. Uh, earlier than you know say week four or five or something like that so maybe and who knows maybe mcleod even comes back for week one and is, and is ready to go but those are the five active 
wide receivers right now for the 49ers. More on the practice squad. Tight end, George Kittle, Charlie Warner, Ross Dwelly, seventh-round rookie, Braden Willis. And then at running back, you've got Kyle Juszczyk, the OW at fullback, and Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, Jordan Mason, Ty Davis-Price. That's a pretty darn good group of playmakers for Brock Purdy to uh, to point guard around, right, and get the ball to, and it's the best group in the division. It is. I'd say that when you say with that much confidence, it is the best group in the division. But the Seahawks, again, because DK Metcalf, he's a monster in itself, and, and he can explode at any time. Uh, Tyler Lockett, uh-huh. he's a terrific receiver as well. They went and got Jackson Smith and Jigma. Like, that's their slot receiver. He was the best receiver in this class this past season and if you ask Garrett Wilson who was offensive rookie of the year and Chris Olave like who was the best of the trio when they were all at Ohio State they tell you Jackson Smith and Jigma like he was the best guy he was the most athletic of of the three I don't know if they're just talking but clearly they valued him very high and he went very high in the draft so you got him and then they got Kenneth Walker and then they drafted Zach Charbonnet so I mean we talk about the 49ers weapons and I think they are more uh, solidify it with what they are and who they are and what their roles are. But when I look at the Seattle Seahawks, and again, if Geno does what he did again, that's a team who on paper, or at least the production of it, will kind of rival what the yeah. 49ers have. They can hang. They're, they're a talented group, and they've added a lot of talent to that group. And, and the way that Geno Smith played last year, if he does that again, uh, then look out. There's a two-horse race in the West, right, with the Seattle Seahawks and the 49ers. And again, look at the other teams, the the Cardinals and, and the Rams, you know, Cooper Cup has got a hamstring and he's about all they got. Uh, Cam Akers uh, and, you know, the rookie Michael Wilson from Stanford is going to start with Hollywood Brown. And uh, you got the gadget guy and Rondale Moore in uh, in Arizona. Like the, those groups just can't hang with what the 49ers and Seahawks have right now. And not only do you have to hang from an offensive standpoint, but also a defensive standpoint. And I think that's where the 49ers Uh, at least traditionally have kind of separated themselves from even like the Seahawks with what we saw last year. Uh, You know, their defense really just can't do anything against the 49ers for the most part, right? And when you look at the 49ers and what they're able to do against these opposing offenses, they've been able to kind of throttle them a little bit, especially if there's any kind of chink in their armor. So uh, what I expected to look like when the 49ers play Arizona Cardinals, like, expect the 49ers to demolish them because on top of having to try to compete with them offensively is like well also your defense has to try to you know get some stops because you know the 49ers will like that is tough uh you know the Seahawks are the one team because they're young like they've been young do they take the next step now I don't want to act like the Seahawks are just this like juggernaut and waiting but they're they're a well-coached team you know you have Pete Carroll he's able to get the most out of his guys so uh it's kind of their turn to try to take a shot at the 49ers. I, I still have more confidence in what the 49ers are, especially if Nick Bosa is out there. But the Seahawks are the ones where I'm like, eh, I got, you know, sleeping with one eye open and, and is looking right at the Seahawks and Pete Carroll. Absolutely. And we're going to talk more about the Seahawks because they stack up well in some other position groups as well. And uh, the offensive line is one of those next defensive side of the ball as well. Uh, we're going to look at some other teams in the NFC that the 49ers stack up against as we get closer to game week in the 2023 NFL season next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get five, new, new customers get 200 in bonus bets 
after betting $5. So let, let me say this again. New customers can bet $5 at America's number one sports book, FanDuel, and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed no matter if that first $5 bet wins or loses. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. It is safe. You get paid when you win. And you can bet on everything. Spreads, player props. I love building my own parlay at FanDuel. Uh, the, the website is so easy to use. I love navigating it and finding all the bets. Tons of NFL bets. More and more coming all the time. And not only can you bet week one against the Steelers, you can bet week 17 if you want to. If you want to bet those 49ers to win all season long. So, Visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Looking at the offensive line of the San Francisco 49ers, they have left tackle Trent Williams, left guard Aaron Banks, Jake Brendel at center, Spencer Burford at right guard, Colton McKivitz at right tackle. No surprises there. A little bit of a shocker that Nick Zakel made the roster back up left guard, and it was pointed out to me that he is – roommates of Brock Purdy, or at least he was last year. I think Brock Purdy's getting married, right? I don't think he has a roommate anymore, but maybe he does have an adult roommate still. Um, but um, maybe that there's a closeness there. Maybe, you know, and look, if having a, if having your 53rd man on the roster uh, makes your quarterback better, that's okay to me. You know, I just don't want to see him whipping blocks and getting the, that same quarterback hurt. Uh, Jalen Moore, offensive tackle, uh, Matt Pryor, pretty much the, those guys are left and right tackle backups, not so much of a, of a swing tackle situation, it looks like, for the San Francisco 49ers. And then John Feliciano, the ninth offensive lineman there, backup center for the 49ers, can play some guard as well. And this is one that's interesting because they have the best offensive lineman in the NFL, Croc, and Trent Williams, some solid players, some young players like Burford and, and Banks that you hope can, can take another step and improve on what they did last year in their first starting action. But um, the Seahawks have a really good young group of offensive linemen. And actually in Arizona, the one group they actually have that's pretty decent. They're actually trading away offensive linemen is, uh, is uh, that offensive line. They just spent a first round pick on trading away offensive line and adding guys like El Manning. El Manning and Ishmael both, right? Yeah. Yeah. Claim both of those guys from the 49ers. So we'll see if the 49ers, uh, see if the 49ers will end up facing El Manning. If he's actually playing for, the Arizona Cardinals this year for he's uh, just more in a reserve role as a rookie. And, and what position he'll play? Because I thought he should have been playing left guard. He was playing left tackle for the 49ers in preseason and maybe not showing anything inside. The 49ers thought they could hide him and they weren't able to onto the practice squad. Um, but man, that young, again, that the the group, of, don't sleep on how good the Seahawks could be this year. And, and it all boils down to a repeat performance from Geno Smith but they've got a lot of talent in a lot of places, and uh, an offensive lineman is another one. You, you look at those guys that they got, and oh God, was it Cross, the left tackle they got in the top ten, and then they got Abraham Lucas in the third round. Yep. And you saw them kind of, kind of taper off just a little bit towards the end of the season, kind of hitting that rookie wall a little bit. But they started to rebound, and uh, they are viewed as a, a better group right there, especially if they kind of build around those guys uh, in the trenches. But they're trying to take the pressure off of them by being able to lean more on the run game and then have Geno do some you know, big throws off of the play action and, and, and be efficient uh, like he was. But, you know, you talked about them. And I think because the 49ers just beat up on them so bad, we forget our kind of the history 
of the 49ers against the Seattle Seahawks and what that traditionally has been over the last decade. And they're just not a team that's going to go away. I know we're going to hear a lot about, like, guys are, are – they're not that good. They're not that good. And it's like, man, I got I to gotta see it to believe it this year because it almost feels like they're primed to take that next step, almost like we've seen from, uh, you know, like the, the Cardinals one year where they, they start off hot and all of a sudden, you know, it's like, can the Seahawks be that but continue it throughout a whole year? And never sleep on a Pete Carroll coach team because, no, no, no. you know. Well, you know, I mean, where he went to college, so. Well, that's true. And he's done it with, uh, he's done it with now completely different 53-man rosters. I take it back. Bobby Wagner's still there. Uh, he came <laughs> back again this year. So we'll see Bobby Wagner on the defensive side of the ball. Do, do you know where he came from? Uh, he, UOP, right? UOP, baby, Stockton, yeah. California. He uh, he was a player there and then a coach. That's where he got to start with John Gruden and uh, Hugh Jackson. Well, you know, uh, my alma mater was also referred to as the cradle of coaches at one point in time. Guys like Mike Holmgren and Andy Reid, San Francisco State alone. Mm. San Francisco State coaching alone. Yeah. Big time. Big time coaches from California back in the day, Croc. And now uh, I don't know if either one of those schools have football programs anymore. Well, UOP definitely doesn't. They even got rid of their football field. (laughs) (laughs) You put more, probably put more, uh, uh, more uh, classrooms there, right? They need to bring the 49ers back for training camp. Yeah, that would be fun. That'd I think they said fun. it was too hot. <laughs> That's, yeah, it is sort of like almost, it's so hot that it's, it's not just that it's uncomfortable, it's dangerously hot. You got a nice little Delta breeze. Then See, this is easy for me to deal with because it, it is hot, but it, it's just hot. That Arkansas stuff I dealt with for three years, that was that was different because it was 85 degrees, but then you look at the heat index and it's like, it feels like it's 110 and it's wet. Yeah, that heat, man. I don't miss it, especially when you go from the bay back into it in the valley and you hit that and like, oh, dang. Okay. Yeah, that's that's some real hot stuff there. Um, all right. Getting back to the San Francisco 49ers roster. Let's take a peek at the defensive side of the ball here a little bit, Croc. And um, we're not going to talk much special teams because I don't even want to go there, to be honest with you right now but that's where the 49ers might have a, a little bit of an issue not knowing who their kicker is going to be it looks like they they did bring in a kicker and i already forgot the guy's name that they brought in who did they they signed a kicker is or no 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 somebody that so here's the interesting thing with kickers because i saw the guy sorry we can't think of his name while you're looking it up i'll just talk about some of his stats but yeah. the, his nfl numbers are he's attempted 46 field goals he's made 40 of them that, to me, that sounds pretty good. That's like, all right, I had a year where I went 23 and three. Then I had another year I went 23 and three. And you would think you'd take that. So, why is it so difficult? Or when you have a guy that has done that well, right? Because look at uh, 49ers kicker that just drafted Jake Moody. Well, this guy over multiple years has missed six total kicks. Moody just missed two in just one preseason game. So why why would you when it when the difference between those guys is that small why would you draft a guy as high? That's a great question. I <laughs> I have no idea. Um, Matthew Wright, by the way, former Steeler. Maybe they're just getting some Steelers intel because they're still hopeful that um, that Jake Moody is going to be okay. And as I understand it, Matthew Wright is the the kicker the 49ers had at practice. Uh, just uh, yeah, according to Matt Barrows here, just an observer, not signed yet, 
he may never sign. I think he might just be hanging out and they'll sign him if they have to, because they'll have to make a, another transaction on the roster. Um, if, uh, if they need to bring in a kicker and Jake Moody's not able to play in week one, but they're still optimistic that Moody might be able to kick. So who knows? Maybe Matthew Wright never actually officially gets signed or maybe ends up on the practice squad or something like that. So uh, we'll see what happens with, with Matthew Wright, the kicker. Okay. Um, next crock. Let's talk defense. How that, roster on the defensive side of the ball stacks up and I have a feeling it's going to stack up pretty well against just about any team you throw at it next today's episode of lockdown 49ers is brought to you by game time with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sporting events music comedy theater, and anything else you need tickets for near you. They have flash deals and last-minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, and, oh, yeah, that lowest price guarantee. So forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, and a whole lot more. Get images of your seats as well so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive and the tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email to find those tickets. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. When you take Nick Bosa, Croc, out of the 49ers defense, it changes the complexion of the whole stinking thing. And I think 49ers fans know, we don't have to tell them right now that uh, it's pretty important to get Nick Bosa signed and in there. And I'm starting to get a little bit worried because the longer it goes, the less likely, and the, basically the fewer snaps you can project that Nick Bosa is going to play in a game against a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers in week one. So obviously Bosa is there. And, and at some point Bosa is going to get signed confident there when that will be. I don't know. I wrote this situation off as something that just get handled right away. And we expected him at the start of preseason to try it out on the field, maybe the the opening day, day of camp. Yeah, something. And it almost feels like when you listen to the coaches talk about it, or when you listen to John Lynch talk about it, they don't just kind of reading their body language and their tone. It doesn't give me the confidence that he's signing any time soon. Now, you assume that he will because, well, the season's coming up. But the way that they talk about it, it's almost as if they don't, they don't really know. And that does scare me because if you do take him away from the defense, what, what is it then? Because I've already talked about I don't feel – I feel like they have a lot of good players. You have a special linebacker in Fred Warner. But I don't think there's a lot of, like – there's not a whole lot of like special talented guys on the defensive side of the ball. And you need Bosa to offset the fact that we don't know what Drake Jackson is and any rotation guy that might be there. It's not like you have like these legit bookends and you have two guys in, inside that rush. Well, but I feel like they rush better if you have Nick Bosa out there. So it's almost like the, the he's the engine that makes everything go. And if he's not out there, that's a, big part of what makes your defense so good they lacked pass rush last year with him and it was all on him yeah they need to get better they need to get better on the other side anyway yeah you're right Right. i mean it's just it's a little scary 
and he'll make Javon Hargrave better. Is Hargrave, if you know, alone going to be a terror, a monster pass rusher, right? Or is he helped by the entire unit, which I'm sure he would be with someone like Nick Bosa out there, like he was helped with the, all the talent that was on that Philadelphia Eagles defensive line in recent years. So without Nick Bosa taking him out of it, we could see a starting defensive end group of Cleveland Farrell and Drake Jackson, or maybe Jake Drake Jackson rotating in after someone like Kerry Hyder that's starting at defensive end on the inside. It's going to be Hargrave and Eric Armstead solid group with Javon Kinlaw and not sorry, Javon, it's Javon Kinlaw, Javon Hargrave, and then um, Kevin Givens and Kalia Davis rounding out that interior depth. Uh, and then Kerry Hyder and Austin Bryant on the outside, the backups for um, the 49ers there. Uh, and I have a feeling it'll be Cleveland Farrell with Bosa in there. So Farrell, I think, is going to be the starter. But you start counting up pressures and sacks, it, it's a different group without Nick Bosa in there. This isn't a DeForest Buckner situation, right? Like, there's no way that's what it is. Now, if you would have asked me before the Buckner situation happened, I would have been like, what? DeForest Buckner, there's no way. Right? So I would have said kind of the same thing. I think Nick Bosa, obviously, is like as good as Buckner was, Bosa is a tear up uh, ahead of Buckner. But I don't know what not to expect with this regime now. So I don't think that they would trade him away. I, I was meaning to ask you that earlier on in the week, Croc, because I was thinking that. And look, there was this like Reddit report about Nick Bosa maybe getting traded, and the uh, they brought up. Um, I think it was Justin Herbert. And it's like it's, it, it can't. That's not happening. It can't. It's not possible to happen. Herbert just signed a new deal. It'd be he have like a hundred million dollar cap hit for the for the Chargers. I mean, we're living in fantasy land there. I have no doubt though that teams probably are like vultures out there and have called the 49ers right and so were the 49ers answer what kyle shanahan talked about yesterday said nope we are not trading him that is not something that is an option that we're going to do uh i have a feeling if there was ever something like that to be entertained croc it would have to be so bad that he does the thing where he holds out for eight weeks then just shows up in enough time to accrue the season plays the second half of the season then bridges are burned the fan base might even turn in a way that makes it more viable and you're still trading for the same picks you would have traded for right now. And you still get at least a half a season of Nick Bosa. And by the way, the weeks he sits out, he doesn't get a game check. So you don't have to pay him for those weeks. So um, the, uh, there's still some leverage on both sides, but it, it will, it'll hurt. It's already, I think going to, it could potentially already be hurting the 49ers based on him not being able to play potentially a full load of snaps in a week one, even if he showed up tomorrow. I don't, I don't want to know what a 49er football game is going to look like without him in the lineup. I would I'd much rather play without Trent Williams or Brock Purdy even than Nick Bosa, to be honest with you, right? Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Because he makes the rest of this unit better. 49ers linebackers are going to be fine, right? Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw. You got Oren Burks, the starting strong side linebacker. There's going to be a lot of two linebacker sets, so it's going to be – Mostly the full-time guys are, are Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. You definitely don't want to lose Fred Warner as well because backing him up is a seventh-round rookie who had a nice campaign in the preseason, but you don't want to throw that rookie on the field uh, too much, I don't think, in regular season games. I think we might see guys like the backups, D. Winters, Jalen Graham, and Demetrius Flanagan Fowles, a lot more on special teams than we see them on defense this season. But Dre Greenlaw's had a lot of injuries as well. So D. Winters actually might be the most common player to see outside of the starters this year, if that continues for Drake Greenlaw. 
Yeah, from How About the Niners right now in the chat, he says, per Jack Hammer, and shout out to Jack Hammer, does a great job covering the 49ers. Uh, per, so, so, per sources, Bosa and company are meeting over dinner with the 49ers soon to iron out details and come to an agreement slash decision. What the hell does soon mean when you have a game next week? <laughs> I mean, how, how soon is soon enough? Saturday night, let's go. <laughs> it's like, shouldn't this conversation have already been had? Like, how how important? And again, I'm assuming that they're taking it. They're very. It's this is top priority, as it should be. Snick Bosa is your arguably the best player on your team. But like, when are you meeting? Like, what are you waiting for? Why has like to come to an agreement says decision? They're acting like it's a it's a husband and wife trying to figure out what it, what they want to eat for dinner. Yeah, you know, exactly. or, hey, when you get off work, you know, we'll we'll talk about it. Maybe we won't talk about it today. We'll put it off uh, for a few more days and and see when we want to talk about. It. Like, no, dude, like Nick, this is about Nick Bosa, and, and all of a sudden over dinner, you're going to come to an agreement on who's going to be the highest paid non quarterback ever. Like, all it takes is getting the di dinner that one time, and you can come to an agreement on it. I can't help you. I have no idea. Um, it sounds like there hasn't been a lot of communication and the start of the season is finally a reason that both sides have to say, look, we have to cross the finish line here. We have to finish this deal. So however far apart we are, we got to close that gap because now it has to happen. And I know you didn't want to cave and we didn't want to cave, but we got to come together and get you on the football field. We, we got to finish this and get you paid, right? Because as soon as he hits the football field, um, that changes the entire dynamic of what Richard points out here in the back end of the 49ers, because Richard says, I believe Wilkes can manufacture pressure. I don't think Kyle Shanahan wants that. I think we've seen how that can be harmful to the secondary with fewer people in coverage. And if you don't get home, then that leaves you vulnerable to getting uh, beat on the back end. And the 49ers have a, a good secondary, but it's a much better secondary when you're getting pressure with just four. So that's the, the the, the 49ers have a good secondary for how it's intended on being used. Mm -hmm. We're going to sit off. We're going to play quarters. We're going to rush four, maybe bring five, maybe. And Bosa and company is going to get after the quarterback. We're going to have some stunts and on the back end. You just do your job. If you have to bring more guys, you leave big holes in the, in the, so if you are bringing guys and they don't get there, there's going to be big catch and run opportunities unless you play man. And the 49ers, again, I talked about not having like these special secondary guys. They don't have this man coverage across the board type defense where you can start to send stuff and we're just going to tighten down the edge and, and bring a bunch of people. And there's not going to be any weakness. Like that's that's not what these guys' skill set is. They, they play off, they read, they keep things in front of them, they write it down, they tackle, and they understand their concepts. So I don't know if it's as simple as just bringing pressure because there's no Nick Bosa. I think that's going to leave you a little bit vulnerable on the back end. And we saw what happened with Kelly, uh, the running back from the Chargers, and obviously like that was a run play. But what it looks like with the 49ers when they're in chase mode, they're not catching you. <laughs> they don't have that kind of speed on the back end. So you don't want that to be a receiver where all of a sudden you're you're blitzing guys and you have guys coming from here and somebody catches a slant and you know what it's going to look like? What Trent Sherfield looked like the first play of the game against the Miami Dolphins where nobody was going to catch him. And he's not a blazer. Trent Sherfield is not a blazer. 49ers, they just don't have fast secondary guys. So I think it's a little difficult to change up how your 
defense was intended on running because there's no Nick Bosa. You have to get it done. And you definitely want those 49ers secondary players in attack mode coming forward more so than than retreating. Uh, and, and we've seen that with Talano Uvanga. His best ability is, you know, seeing what's in front of him and going and getting it. He's got a Baker cyst in his knee. Hopefully uh, he is out there in week one. If not, it's going to be the rookie Jair Brown, who's backing up at safety along with George Odom. Uh, Charlie Various Ward, the starter on one side. It, it's odd that D'Amador De- Lenore almost feels like he got demoted to nickel, and it looks like Ambry Thomas is going to be the starter now on the outside, even though it's because of D'Amador Lenore's flexibility, right? Is if he couldn't play nickel, he'd just be playing on the outside. So uh, that's an interesting one there. And then uh, you got Samuel Womack is the only other cornerback on the 49ers roster right now. Uh, and uh, sorry, Isaiah Oliver, the backup nickel there, which is still a weird one to me because that's a pretty high-paid nickel-only backup in Isaiah Oliver. Unless he ends up starting after all, which it doesn't seem like he's going to based on the preseason games. Sign Bosa. <laughs> Sign Bosa. Make it so much easier on the rest of those guys. Uh, who's got the, the next best defense in the division, Croc? It does, can anybody stack up to any of the 49ers position groups when Bosa is out there? If Bosa is out there, the answer is no. I don't think anybody's really close. If Bosa is not out there, then they're kind of all the same <laughs> a little bit. I mean, he makes that big of a difference. On paper, the Seahawks secondary, uh, Jamal Adams just came back, I believe, this week. I for- almost forgot he existed. Uh, what's he going to look like now after some injuries? Quandre Diggs in, in the back end as well with, with Jamal Adams and, of course, Tariq Woolen and then first-round pick Devin Witherspoon. That has a chance to be a, a superstar backfield right there, but we still kind of have some unknowns in what Witherspoon's going to look like with his NFL career and what Jamal Adams is going to look like now in his uh, uh, in his latest addition for the Seattle Seahawks. But again, the Seattle Seahawks is the team that can kind of compete with the 49ers in a, in a lot of these areas. We keep bringing up the Seahawks. Again, I, it's certainly not the Rams. I barely know any of the Rams' names in the secondary. I don't. I barely know any other Rams players. Period. I know they have. Well, it, shoes uh, Cooper Cup. Something's going on with him right now. He has like a, a hamstring yeah. injury, and then he came back too soon and re-aggravated it. So mm-hmm. he's kind of like day-to-day right now. I mean, is yeah. he going to be playing week two? And if he's not, who the hell are the rest of their receivers? <laughs> well, who they they have? Who's their running back? Quick. Skronik at wide receiver. Don't sleep on him. You got Tutu Atwell, all of 149 pounds, soaking wet. Who's their running back? The rookie Puka Nakua. Cam Akers is that running back along with uh, the rookie from last year, the fifth-rounder, Kyron Williams. They got Ronnie Rivers, Fresno State, right? Ronnie Rivers? Um, he drafted a free agent out of, I believe, Fresno State, and they drafted a sixth-rounder, Zach Evans. And uh, Cam Akers almost saw his way off that roster before, too. So That's why I'm like, surprised still there. I mean, that's I mean they traded. I mean, they, I know they, they wanted to trade him, and then it's like, well, we can't trade you, so I guess we'll just keep you. And then now, all of a sudden, he's just back in their good graces, and he's their number one back? Yeah. Uh, look out for Russ Yeast, man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Russ Yeast, special team extraordinaire of the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, I think he's backup safety. I don't think he's starting. But, man, um, that, that roster's in rough shape right now. McVay should have stayed retired for this. Or whatever yeah. he was thinking about doing, he should have just did it. Yeah, especially if there's any injuries to, and there already is with Cup, but Donald and, and Stafford, that could go really bad. Is this 
what they're going through with their roster, is this solely because just going all in on these players like Jalen Ramsey and these guys, or uh, is there something else to why they're in the shape that they are in right now? They, so here's what's funny because the 49ers and the Rams have done so well at adding all these extra late picks and the 49ers have hit on them and the Rams have not. Like all these names are guys we're talking about fifth rounders, seventh rounders, the 49ers, those guys became starters for the Rams. You got Russ yeast <laughs> and you got uh Logan Bruss, the third rounder they drafted last year at guard. They needed help at guard. They, the first pick they had in the draft last year was a third rounder. They drafted Russ yeast towards ACL then got cut this year. Never even played for the team. The Trey sermon treatment. Yeah, that's crazy. So the, the depth is bad with that roster and it just goes to show you how good the 49ers have done in the later rounds of their drafts. I mean, that is the key to the success of how this 49ers team is built, how amazing they've been there. They've done it really uh, good. Real quick, just looking at rosters now. That, that's the 49ers final roster. Cowboys, Eagles, who hangs with the 49ers roster right now? On paper, you're power ranking these teams. How's it go? Eagles, Eagles hang with them. Now, here's the thing. If Brock Purdy just takes it, uh, just that one more step and Nick Bosa out there and everything's clicking, I think the 49ers should be at that one spot. Right now, you, you know, people are going to have that flipped because of the, the Eagles last year and they, they went to the championship game. But, hell, Brock Purdy plays that whole game. That very well could be the San Francisco 49ers in there. And the 49ers heading into this year are viewed as the favorites, favorites from the NFC. Right. If, if Purdy doesn't get hurt. So uh, I think Purdy just, you know, showing more or not even showing more, but just saying, hey, like what you saw last year, like that's that is who I am. I think people would start to view the 49ers as like, uh, I mean, look, look at them. You got Debo, you got Ayuk, you have Kittle, you have Juszczyk, you have McCaffrey, you have uh, Elijah Mitchell. I mean, you have Jordan Mason and all these. I mean, there's there's a lot going on there. <laughs> and you throw a quarterback in there that's just really good. How how are the 49ers not the favorites? I mean, there's see the, uh, the this is the way I'll put it for the Eagles. They already have the quarterback that's arrived. Right. And they have AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, uh Dallas Goddard, and then you look at the defensive side of the ball and Brandon Graham's still going, but they had the first rounder in Jalen Carter. Can he just go in there and fill the role that Javon Hargrave left, the first rounder from the year before, and Jordan Davis, all 340 pounds of him. Uh, you still got Fletcher Cox, and you got uh, Hassan Reddick, and you got Josh Sweat coming off the edge, and you got Darius Slay on the back end of that defense. And uh, so, like, there's a lot of talent everywhere. And Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, yeah that's the best team. That's the best team. I and, apologize. And if Philadelphia Eagles fans would come in and argue that they'll take A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard over Debo. Ayuk and kill that that defense too. We talked about the 49ers and maybe there being some like holes in the defense. If you send blitzes, they got guys on that back end that play man and their playmakers, James Bradbury and Darius Slay. Like they are legit corner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a tough group. That's a tough group. And then let, let's, I know we got a roll here, but real quick, let me, let's just run through the Dallas Cowboys here because uh, this is not a team to be slept on either. Can Dak cut down on some of those interceptions? You got a, a more healthy version of Michael Gallup. They brought in Brandon Cooks now to go with C.D. Lamb. Um, they got the Jalen Tolbert third-round wide receiver from last year. You got Tony Pollard, more dynamic running back than they've had with Zeke, and now he gets to carry the full load there. And then they got the five-foot, 
five version of uh, Deuce Vaughn there backing him up. It looks like someone's kid got loose on the field, which I kind of like. It's, it's kind of funny. Um, and then Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence coming off the edge, right? Uh, they added Stephon Gilmore to the mix there with Trayvon Diggs in the secondary. Um, it's not quite as... Um, I think it's not quite as solid top to bottom as 49ers Eagles right. are, but they got some difference makers and some playmakers on both sides of the ball there. Do the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, they do. That's going to be a tough team. And again, that's one of those teams. They can be explosive. They can put a lot of points on the board. Uh, like the Seahawks, they're viewed a certain way just because the 49ers have beat them and knocked them out the playoffs the last two years. Yep. And the 49ers can be better than both. Uh, the big question is quarterback. Yeah. Uh, he is Mr. Brock Richard Purdy. Brock Richard Purdy. You, you'll know more, especially week five, when you have to play the Dallas Cowboys in San Jose. Yep. That's a big test. I think after five weeks, we will have a lot of questions answered about the San Francisco 49ers team. And hopefully it doesn't take five more weeks to get Nick Bosa signed. Let's get him in here. Is he flying to San Jose? Is he having dinner yet? Come on, somebody let us know. Someone's got to snap a photo of John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan and, and Nick Bosa. Maybe even Joey's there. Who knows? No, Joey's doing his own thing. He's getting ready for a season. Maybe uh, uh, what's uh, John Bosa, Nick's dad. Maybe he's there with the agent too. Who knows? We'll see. All right. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on Locked On 49ers. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. We'll talk to you again next time, and it'll be game week. It's almost here, week one of the 2023 season. Talk to you then. Locked On 49ers.